Your convocation speaker this morning is day three in a row of Christ in the City Missionaries, which hopefully you've been convinced by now that the Christ in the City Missionaries are awesome. And I hope Sophia confirms that uh, confirmation for us. Um, she is a Christ in the City missionary. This is her second year. She's from Virginia. She actually moved out here for Christ in the City, um, which is kind of a cool, like, bold thing. Miss McCallan is doing the opposite. She is leaving us for Christ in the City. So um, if you could please welcome up Sophia Van Horn. Good morning. Again, my name's Sophia. Thank you for having me here today. Uh, I know I'm the third Christ in the City person, but I'm like the bottom of the totem pole because y'all had program director and then like actual staff and I'm just a missionary. So um, I want to talk to you guys today about gratitude and where I've seen gratitude on the streets. Um, and gratitude has been sort of like this constant lesson in my life. Um, but there was one particular day this past year. It was earlier in the winter and it had just snowed. And so everything on the streets was wet and soggy and cold. And I saw a woman um, sitting in a walker and she was kind of like curled up in a, in a fetal position and she looked very uncomfortable, like she was in a lot of pain and she wasn't wearing any shoes or socks because they were drying at this fire that she and some of her friends had built. And I, I gently went over there and I asked her um, what her name was and how she was doing. And she said her name is JD and she said she wasn't doing well. And she goes on to tell me that she'd been dehydrating herself because she couldn't hold her own urine. And so she'd been soiling all of her blankets and all of her clothes. And you can imagine that like in the freezing Denver winter, like everything was freezing and then thawing and everything just smelled terrible. And she said that she had a lot of stomach pain, a lot of back pain, and was just generally not doing well at all. And I asked her, I'm like, would you want us to take you to the hospital? And this isn't something we offer very often, but it seemed like a pretty dire situation. And she said, I don't want to go to the hospital because they're going to know that I'm homeless. They're going to know because my clothes smell bad and they're all ratty and dirty. And then I asked her, if you had a clean change of clothes, would you then go to a hospital? And she said yes. And so the obvious thing for me to do was to go home, get a clean change of clothes for her, bring them to her, and take her to the hospital. And so. We did just that, me and another missionary named Luke. And I say, what hospital do you want to go to? Because there's so many downtown. And she wants to go to one that's like 40 minutes out of Denver down in Aurora. And she said, I want to go to this hospital because they treated me right one time. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to argue with that. And so we drive her 40 minutes across town to Aurora to this hospital where after like two or three hours of waiting, they finally like intake her. And then another two or three hours she gets seen by nurses and another two or three hours she finally gets seen by a doctor. And the whole reason she wanted to go to the hospital, this particular hospital, because she, was because she thought she would be admitted to the hospital. And she had been on these wait lists to see specialists for her kidneys and like different things with her GI system and it was just going to take a couple months and she was tired of being in pain and being in pain on the streets. And it's like about 8 p.m. now. I've been at the hospital with her for like seven or eight hours. Luke has been waiting in the waiting room for seven or eight hours. And I kept going back to Luke and I was like, do you want to go home? Like, you can go home. I can stay here with her. You can come back, pick us up later. And he was like, no, I'm grateful to be here. And I was like, you've been waiting in a waiting room for like five hours and you haven't eaten anything all day. 
and you want to be here? And he's like, yeah, I'm grateful for this opportunity because I feel the Lord is calling me here. And I was like, was weird, okay. <laughs> and so I let him stay, and um, JD gets seen by those doctors, and they tell her exactly what she doesn't want to hear. They tell her, we can't admit you. You're not sick enough, essentially. And she got pretty upset. She was very angry, and she let the staff know. She let me know, but she was also very sad because she just wanted to be admitted to the hospital so that this pain could go away. And so I felt like I had let her down. Like maybe I didn't advocate hard enough. Maybe I didn't push the nurses or doctors hard enough that she was in enough pain to like convince them to let her stay. And so in this like despair, Luke pulls a van around and we drive back to Denver and it's like starting to snow out again. And we drop her off at her camp where we just give her a couple blankets, socks, granola bars, and apologize that this is the best we can do for her. And I go back to our house pretty defeated. A couple weeks pass by, and I see her again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, JD, like, how are you doing? And the first thing she says is thank you. And she says, thank you for taking me to the hospital. Thank you for showing me my dignity. And I realized that this is like the same message that the Lord had been wanting me to hear over and over again is to be thankful for like the processes and for the trials, not to be, grat not to be grateful for the outcomes of things. JD wasn't thankful that she got admitted because she never got admitted to the hospital. She was thankful that somebody showed her her dignity and showed her that she was worth spending eight or nine hours in a hospital waiting room with her. And I see how, how much the Lord has us in the palm of his hand and how much he loves us and his provision for us and that we can't just be grateful when it comes to outcomes. We can't just be grateful because what we want it to happen actually does happen. But we have to be thankful for the trials and the struggles and the ways that the Lord is showing us his heart, his sorrowful heart, his merciful heart in all of our lives, whether or not it's like successful or not. And so for me, an exercise that I was pushed to do in college by my chaplain was to make a list of three things I'm thankful for every day. And that was because I was struggle, struggling a lot with being overwhelmed and anxious about many different things. And being able to see what I'm grateful for helps me to see how the Lord is providing for me every single day, even though it seems like I'm not getting outcomes. I'm not receiving what I want. He is still providing. And at Christ in the City, we do these Thanksgiving rosaries. So at the end of each day, it's sort of like our examine, uh, if you know the examine prayer. The examine starts with gratitude and seeing where you're thankful for the Lord in that day. And so for Christ in the City missionaries, we all, before night prayer, pray this Thanksgiving rosary where we go around and each Hail Mary bead is something that we're thankful for. And then each Our Father bead is an, uh, a glory bead. And I encourage you all to Practice gratitude, um, especially when it's hard. Praise be Jesus Christ. Now and forever.